And for a very special Friday recording, Black Friday, Western Kabuki, they asked me to introduce it on Black Friday. Not too sure what Caleb meant by that, but welcome to Western <laughs> Kabuki. Um, we are uh, very excited to be joined by a um, good, good friend of the show, Ed Zitrone. Ed, how are you? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm good. I'm doing oh, well. Yeah. Um we all You're the reigning champ of the show. Yeah, You're, you are. Uh, four, four this guests. puts you. This puts you ahead of uh, Miles Klee was the was the champ before you. That's that's cool. And what's really good is I was a. I accidentally agreed to do an episode of a podcast thinking it was Western Kabuki, because someone had a juniper <laughs> Wait, avatar, mean? and it's a friend's podcast I'd done before, <laughs> and I agreed to it. And I was like, really, I was about to type in really excited to do another WK episode, and I looked and my like, oh, this is a different bloke, isn't it? <laughs> it's so funny like when i well Sorry, sometimes I i'll scroll i didn't mean different uh, blog, it, I, just a different person i apologize how that was no okay. no you no no, no you're totally fine i do no whenever i'll like scroll the timeline it'll be like a jump scare sometimes like i'll i'll see like my old avi and i'll be like when, when did when the fuck did i post this and it's like oh this is just someone that has my profile like it hit in the well, head. It's, like, it's the worst <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's it's like the worst when it's like a bad take too. Like I, I saw a post, <laughs> someone screenshot a, a post with my like so the person had my AVI and and uh, it was like a really bad take. And I was like, God damn it! Like people are gonna think that's me yeah. just like on a quick glance. It's like this is this is tarnishing my rep- uh, reputation. Like I'm fine with people using it. Like I think I, I think it's sweet. It's very endearing that people were very supportive and uh uh touched i guess by the things i posted but it's it's also very jarring sometimes when i'm like why is this person saying this horrible take with my profile picture jesus yeah well you were like trying you were trying when the trend first started to tell people individually one by one to not do that please (laughs) please don't don't use my face wasn't working at all you were in june face it's Um, appropriation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I specifically was uh, like down on it when they pretended to like straight up be me because uh, I was like, no, you're like yeah, going to confuse people. You're going to confuse people. They're going to think you're me and and they're just going to be like mad at you in a couple of days when they realize Listen, you're not me. People, people need to realize the risks that they assume when they take on someone's identity like that. Like I, uh, I hate myself. So if you pretend to be me, like I can kill both of us legally. <laughs> yeah, that's your right. Yeah. Is, Which is, is why right. you changed yeah. your uh, display name to Ryan is because you are putting all Ryans on notice. <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. So I did, uh, you know, I used to be my thing. I would change my stupid fucking display name on Twitter once a day. I forgot that when you do that now, Elon has this only what I can only describe as concussion puzzles <laughs> where you have to solve. I had to solve 18 AI generated puzzles where it doesn't tell you what you, what you have to do. It's just on one side, there are like four AI generated cartoon fish that look like you have a concussion right. and then you have to cycle through like 10 images and then find the one that also has for AI fish, but it also has all these other horrifying like HP Lovecraft AI generated <laughs> things in them. And you have to scroll through them and find it. And it doesn't tell you that you have to do this. And if you get it wrong, you have to start over. And I had to do that. Uh, 18 of them. I fucked up the first one. I had to go back. Oh my God. They fucking suck. It's, it's horrible. Dude, 
It's I, the, so the, bad. The best way I can describe it is like the worst Mario Party mini games that exist. <laughs> like it's it's atrocious. Jesus. Because yeah, you spend like 10 minutes on it. And then if you mess up a couple, they're like, okay, all over again. It's like, yeah, Jesus I've, Christ. I had a reason for the Ryan bit, but it's over. I can't. It's not even funny. Because okay. I don't want to do any more concussion. I, I really questions. enjoy. I uh, really enjoy when you would change your name to like Dick Wadfuck Wit and respond to your local <laughs> congressman. Well, yeah. Mister Fuckwit, I'm afraid that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I was a big fan of Information Pimp. Yeah, Information Pimp um, was one of the best. <laughs> that was that was a uh, that was my personal. I'll probably favorite. go back. I'll probably go back to the information pimp because I really want to buy infopimps.tv for some <laughs> yeah. reason. But I've been obsessed with that URL for like like six months. Did you now. not buy it's it? Just an earworm. Infopimps.tv. I haven't yet. I should do. It. I'm do it right now on air. Okay, so sweet. I'm being held accountable. Incredible. Oh, it's available. You can. Um, it's definitely. Uh, it's it's nobody's parked on it. Yeah. No one yeah. wants for now. No one wants infopimps.tv. I gotta do it before we. I gotta do it this. before um, I I take it. And <laughs> let's do Ed's new Substack yeah. domain. Um, really quick though, before we started, uh, whack. I, I told June this before we started recording. You remember the uh, infamous uh, Honey Badger drinks when he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know okay. why I'm saying yeah. I was not. Uh, uh, apparently the guy that tweeted that is a known quantity uh, among, I don't know what California perverts. Uh, there's a story behind that. So uh, I, I think I would like to hear that before we get going, if that's okay. okay. So listeners, you may remember Peter Pham, who made a certain tweet that I'm now bringing up. Uh, so there are a lot of men in, in the Twitterverse and in the startup community that desperately want to be Elon's best friend. And I'm now struggling to find the tweet exactly. But there was a tweet in question where he responded to Elon Musk saying, oh, remember after a wedding, a mutual friend's wedding in 2017, I was like on the couch and I was decanting some wine. And then you said, honey badger drinks when he wants. So just to be clear, Elon Musk, man with billions of dollars, just being like, no, I don't want to drink wine properly. I want to enjoy this likely expensive wine properly. I need to chug it down like the goblin I am. And and then he was like, yeah. Found the worst way to express Then that. I made the clutch move of ordering pizza at 1 a.m. So just to be clear, it's 2017, DoorDash, Uber Eats, all that shit's been around for a good while. Seamless Web, Grubhub, many options to order pizza. Ordering pizza at 1 a.m. is about as impressive as having a telephone. I don't even mean a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> so... Peter Pham, you may not know, he's a co-founder of a VC called Science. One of their original investments was a company called Liquid Death, which is the very annoying oh, yes. canned water brand. I love it. And Extreme water. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. June, are you pro-Liquid Death? I am. I wasn't at first, but a friend turned me on to it, and I started drinking it, and I'm like, I'm kind of addicted to it. It's water, and it's fine. It's it's good. It's good. It's water for when you need to skateboard and climb mountains. (laughs) Yeah, well, I like the sparkling. I've been a big, like, sparkling water fan lately, and, like, seltzer water. So I've been just drinking a lot of sparkling water. But nevertheless, the reason it exists is because of the stigma against people (laughs) drinking water when they should be drinking. Yeah, It is taking advantage of a societal failing. 
But anyway, that's one yeah. way he got rich. The other way was <laughs> You're so right. Dollar Shave Club, a company that took advantage of the fact that oh, there was like yeah. 700% margins on every shaving product, and there still is. Sold it to Unilever for $1 billion. He was not the founder. He was one of the lead Shh. investors. So this is how this guy got rich. Peter Pham used to just be an, a common or garden epic bacon guy in the VC community be like, yeah, I love dancing. I love going, I love going to events and talking about being rich. And it's like, okay, there are lots of you guys. They're all about us. This annoying. Then during COVID he cracked and he became an anti-mask guy, not quite an anti-vax guy. He danced with it. He'd be like, well, research says, and then he'd post a post like a paper from medical-science-truth.ru.biz. <laughs> He'd be like, look at this. Like your crazy uncle on Facebook would share that post too. But I actually believe Peter Pham is responsible for a lot of the kind of red-pilling of dumb startup guys because he was so prevalent during COVID. And what's really interesting with a lot of these guys is you can tell which ones of them were miserable at home. Because they all went crazy during COVID. They were like, oh, I, I, I took this job to stay away from my family. <laughs> and they can't go. I can't, I can't go and they can't go to these parties I can't drink anymore. champagne with. Yeah. Yeah. I can't go to awful parties with Elon Musk <laughs> where I can kiss up to him by ordering 1 a.m. pizza. <laughs> but returning to that tweet real quick as well, it is quite sad. Because first of all, Elon it's did not respond. Sad. <laughs> but also, as I recall, I didn't even get the courtesy. No, thing. exactly. No retweet, uh, no quote tweet, no like. What a bitch. But also, both of them, by the way, both bitches, definitely. But the other <laughs> thing is, what a lame claim to fame. You're like, hey, you remember me? I was on the couch. I wanted to make you drink in a normal way. You didn't want to do that. I also ordered pizza. <laughs> Elon Musk has no idea who you are, man. You know, like, you also. The idea that someone would actually say honey badger out loud in like 2019 20, or whatever. Yeah. It, it's uh, in like 2019. You know that motherfucker's been like, oh, yes, Harambe. Uh, very sad. Very sad. That <laughs> actually, that would be a good, <laughs> At least that was uh, like. Dicks out. Actually, no. If Elon Musk did that, but completely deadpan without inevitably corpsing immediately, would go, <laughs> yeah, Harambe. <laughs> if he just really seemed concerned. <laughs> over the death of Harambe and kept that going for an hour, that would actually be a really funny bit. <laughs> it would be one of the best bits he's ever but done. But he can't do bits. The funniest bit, by no. the way, of course, is crashing a $1 million car, then turning to Peter Thiel, <laughs> who was in the car with him and going, yeah, that wasn't insured. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> amazing punchline. That is so God, good. Like, that's that, so I funny. Could, but he, he doesn't know. He has no idea. Like He was probably like, oh, and then probably just walked off. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even call the police. There was like, yeah, yeah, just like, well, easy come, easy go. <laughs> I love these tech people. I love how just like insane they are. I love these circles. I love getting a taste of their like minds, seeing what they do. And of course, uh, one of the one of the main things we wanted to talk about today was the the Sam Altman. Uh, oh yeah, open AI scenario, which is like in that same world. I'm assuming Sam Altman probably knows this like weirdo. Um, Guy, you were just talking. About, I forget his name already. He's that, that important. Yeah, Peter Fam. Like I already forgot. His I'm gonna name. bleep that because we don't need to remember his name. Fucking. <laughs> bleep, yeah. well, I mean, I've said it three or four times now. We'll just I'll, bleep I'll it when bleep it that last time. <laughs> just bleep it that last time. Yeah, yeah. We'll so, come back to. We got plenty more to talk. Actually, about. Actually, uh, I just want to round out the Peter Fam thing though. Oh yeah, I yeah. Just remembered something. So 
The thing that Pham was also famous for that no one really likes to remind him of because it was 2011 was he launched a a startup called Color. Color was a social media app that meant if you took photos in a location, the location would like aggregate them together. So it was some sort it was one of these classic 2011 ideas where you're like, "Okay." And then it raised 41 million dollars. And immediately everyone was like, this is fucking stupid. Why would I ever use that? <laughs> he got fired three months later. He was the president and co-founder of this company. It then shut down not long after. It's so cool how these guys fail up. And how do I bridge that to Sam Altman? Very fucking easy. Sam Altman's original win was a company called Looped. That's L-O-O-P with a T at the end. He raised a lot of money for it, and then it failed, and he still sold it for $40 million to Green Dot. Like, these motherfuckers always fail up. So they he sold, always do. He sold Looped to Green Dot, and that is where his, yes. his fortune was, was based. And then he, then he was able to get into Y Combinator, and I forget, was was looped Y Combinator? I think that might have been how he got into Y Combinator. And then once you're part of that mafia, you can just invest in all the good rounds. They just let you. And he had $41 million. So he was able to get in on some very, I think he was in Asana and various others. Then at one point, he was the, he was actually the president of Y Combinator or something. Then he got fired for some reason. His whole history has been very fucking weird. Everyone <laughs> loves this guy. But when you actually look at what he's done, he loves like not quite being fired, but not quite being let, but definitely being <laughs> let go. It's so strange. So do you it's just gotta be so easy to be one of these guys. Like you just, you just have all this money and you can just kind of float around. It really doesn't like, it does not seem like these people stress yeah, about anything. You just give a hundred grand to a few people. And one day that turns into $10 million. Yeah. And it's fine. And it, no one looks at it weird. <laughs> and everyone's done this other than a small group of people who haven't done it yet. It's so weird. And then do you want me to go into the whole open AI thing? Do you want to lead in or shall I? No, I think we should just talk about it. I think uh, I, I I think a lot of people have it's been talking about docket. it. Yeah. Um, so what, okay. what do you want to what do you want to say about uh, Sam and, and the situation? So over yeah, pitch your article first, because it's really good and it's worth everybody true, um, true. who hasn't read it yet. To, just want to, to be clear. I wrote that article on a Saturday, went to bed. Well, no, wrote the article on Saturday, <laughs> checked Twitter five minutes later. So Sam Altman got kicked out of OpenAI as CEO last Friday. So Friday, the, oh, I don't fucking know. Time's the weird. 17th, 17th, I think. Yeah. So he got kicked out and he was removed, the board removed him as CEO of OpenAI. So to give you a little idea of how OpenAI works, it's very fucking strange. The board of OpenAI is a non-profit, non-profit group. This group then completely controls two other companies, one of which is the for-profit side, and the for-profit side is the one that people invest in. But nobody in the investment side, and indeed the board, has any equity of any kind. So they were able to fire Sam Altman on that Friday. This created what some are calling the craziest time in Silicon Valley. I just want to add that earlier this year, we had several fucking banks shut down. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a bigger deal than this. When multiple, like hundreds of companies could not access the money in their bank account, that was a bigger deal. But nevertheless, people shit their pants because everyone loves Sam Altman. <laughs> so for days, we had this bizarre dance where no one knew why he was fired. And indeed, we still do not. It was this very me, that's bizarre- the weirdest thing. Like no and, one knows. And I will get to that shortly because it's very confusing and annoying. Other fact about OpenAI, who makes, of course, ChatGPT, Microsoft invested $10 billion in them, except it's now come out that they didn't. They invested, quote unquote, $10 billion that has not been fully delivered and is mostly in cloud credits because, very layman's thing, to do the AI that they are doing requires a lot of cloud computing, like lots and lots of GPUs and such to do the mm. number crunching. So that's so, how he pretty seamlessly, I mean, you'll get to this, but he he got hired then at Microsoft? Not, but then like, he didn't get hired at Microsoft. Oh, he, right. So but he the like, board, they said he did. <laughs> so the board claimed that there was no malfeasance and there was a lack of candor between Sam Altman and the board. There were several rumors going around that the board fired him due to the fact that he was... He, there had been some sort of breakthrough, and that breakthrough was getting them close into average general intelligence, which is the autonomous AI that everyone freaks out about. <laughs> and then over the weekend, there was this weird dance where Microsoft might have hired Sam, but they didn't. But then they did. It said they'd hired him, but then it said Sam would come back as CEO, but then he didn't. Then he did. <laughs> the board went from being, the board then all got fired, and Sam came back as CEO. And they replaced the board, which was made up of like one effective altruist person, a person called Ilyas Sutskeva, who was actually the main person behind it, who was like an AI researcher, the former CEO of Quora. May I remember Quora? Yeah, Quora. Shitty. Yeah, that's like that answer question and it's answer. It's the website shittier with like, version of Yahoo uh, Answers. Yeah, and it's um, great. It has like so much garbage on it. It's fun to just like browse sometimes to see what kind of insane freaks you can find on there. Yeah, that's Adam D'Angelo. That's his name. And then, so where we are now is that Sam is back as CEO. I'm cutting out a lot because it's just exhausting. Sam is back as CEO. The new board, now you may think, what would be the ideal nonprofit board? And me personally, if I was building it, the first choice I'd make is Larry Summers. And <laughs> right, I saw that shit. I was like, why the fuck is Boom. Larry Summers the involved former United with this shit? States Secretary of Treasure fucking Larry fucking goddamn Summers. Notoriously a, one of the mo biggest idiots working former, uh, for like multiple Former president of Harvard. Um, and also, I believe, uh, on the flight logs as well. Yes, this is all. Yes, yes he was on <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Epstein's plane. <laughs> Just Could one of be? the worst guys. Just horrible. <laughs> He was the president of Harvard at one point. Anyway, great fucking guy to choose. It's Larry Summers, Adam D'Angelo again. Um, and then who else did they put? Because Sam Altman also used to be on the board of OpenAI along with um, Brad, Bro sorry, not Brad, Brockman. I fucking, there's so many names. It's really annoying. <laughs> the tech industry Greg is Brockman, insane. there we go. So now it's, now it's just Larry Summers, Adam D'Angelo but they haven't fully formed the new board. And what's really funny is seeing the various tweets about, well, they've got to put a woman in there. Like, and they're like, well, they considered Condoleezza Rice. Oh my God. All of these like former <laughs> fix Obama it. admin people too. I, I like every single one of these people love to get involved what? in like all this tech world shit. And like, um, 
uh, like fun, like not fundraising. What do you call it when you go to like companies? Uh, well, well, free money. Yeah, yeah, basically free money shit. Where you where you just get hired at these companies to like lie to people. Because like, what was the guy that got hired at Netflix? Wasn't there like a couple of former Obama admin people that got well, hired at Netflix? No or one's like funnier that? than Theranos, who had fucking Henry Kissinger. <laughs> on that yeah. So Henry, what do you think example? we should do? I think we need more blood. <laughs> more blood. That was my uh, that was my that was my favorite part of your your article was the little aside about the. Open AI board not being experienced yeah, about how good boards enough. Are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like fucking. And also, none of these boards ever stop these companies being bad. So it's just like, what the fuck is going on? It's. It, I feel like it's just like it's like Adam Sandler just giving his buddies like free paychecks in movies. <laughs> That's like all this stuff is. Well, I forgot that there was also two CEOs between this period, uh, which was really confusing. So at first, they made um, what's her name. Oh, I can never, I don't want to say anyone's name wrong, but they made the CEO of Twitch CEO briefly. Of that was fun. Oh, yeah. Emmett Emmett Shear was the CEO briefly. And his first thing was, and his first thing to do was like, hey, why'd you fire Sam? And the board was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, I love that. He he made that tweet about how it's like the honor of his life to serve on the board for 36 hours to ask one question and have them shrug. And and not get the answer. (laughs) My only job and I did not succeed. So also- So good. The former CTO, Mira Muretti, was also probably saying that wrong. Apologize, Mira. Uh, She was also CEO at one point. It's so fucking weird. But now you're in this weird situation where it's not obvious how the company actually works anymore. Because the theoretical reason that this nonprofit existed was to control the for-profit side. Except what happened here was the for-profit angels all got together and waged war on them until they cracked. So it's very obvious the nonprofit side has zero power. Because who's going to do shit to Sam Altman anymore? Microsoft basically parked an entire bus in the arsehole of Emmett Shear <laughs> and beeped until he did what they wanted. It was <laughs> fucking insane. And what was more insane, the thing that really melted my brain, is I saw a few journalists being, because all of the open AI people when this was happening were posting hearts. They were posting hearts on Twitter. And I saw people, journalists as well, going, this is so beautiful. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> this is this is at best very strange yeah. and at worst quite depressing because <laughs> a a non-profit board was crushed under the wheels of the capitalism bus. It was absolutely destroyed. Non-profit side does nothing now and we still don't really know what happened. The first rumor is from a Reuters piece that claims that there was some sort of breakthrough and I know you're going to have a laugh at this but I'll explain in a minute why it's significant, that they found a way to make the AI do grade school math, which is very mm. funny. Like, don't yeah, get me wrong. Like, it's Like, I can do that. That's like but generative easy. AI cannot do mathematics properly. It's apparently okay. because AI cannot learn big, rules. Yeah. So that was apparently one. What isn't being discussed is the allegations of Sam's sister, Annie Altman, who claimed that he'd like crawl into bed with her and such. Very fucking weird. No one's asking that question. Don't know. What? Yeah, it's really fucking strange. I don't know. I am not a, like, I don't have investigative, I'm not an investigative journalist. I don't have the time. I have like a day job and shit. Like, I 
I brought it up in my article and it's kind of like, anyone else want to go for this? But also, on top of that, there was an alleged letter. Well, there's two letters. One letter saying, please put Sam Bank- Bankman-Fried, Jesus Christ, different guy. <laughs> <laughs> please, put, weirdo. please put Sam Altman back as king. That was That was weird. That one was kind of like, everyone was like, yeah, Sam may not have equity, but he has loyalty. It's like, hmm, eh, eh. Or maybe this is just a period where people thought they could kiss up to someone, then you would be rich. <laughs> but much more concerningly, and I must add that the person who posted this on Twitter was Elon Musk. Mm. Wait, posted what? There was a letter that was on GitHub briefly and someone reposted it. It was a letter from a group of people who used to work at OpenAI. Again, Elon Musk posted this. I must be clear. But the letter in question makes several allegations that make way more fucking sense than any explanation I have heard up until this point. I'm going to drop it into the chat we were all sharing so you can read along a little bit. But this was actually submitted on the 21st before Emmett Shear's, the end of Emmett Shear's 36-hour tenure at the company. It's, it basically said that Emmett needed to conduct an investigation of Sam's actions since August 2018 when OpenAI began transitioning from a non-profit to a for-profit entity. Again, dear listener, this is a company, the for-profit part is controlled allegedly by the non-profit part. And in 2019, they transitioned to add this for-profit element because basically it's too expensive to build this in a non-profit capacity. But... The other things were issue an open call for private statements from former OpenAI employees who resigned, who were placed on medical leave or were terminated during this period. And then another step was protect the identities of those who come forward. So the allegations are actually pretty fucking bad. Uh, Sam demanded that researchers delay reporting progress on specific secret initiatives. Didn't say why. And those who questioned this practice were dismissed as bad culture fits. Greg Brockman allegedly used discriminatory la- discriminatory language against a gender transitioning team member, despite many promises to address this issue. No meaningful action was taken except for Greg simply avoiding all communication with the affected individual, effectively creating a hostile working environment. They were then terminated eventually for alleged underperformance. Sam directed IT and operations staff to conduct inf- investigations into employees, including Ilya Sutskeva, who was a member of the board, you may remember. Without the knowledge or consent of management, Sam's discreet yet routine exploitation of OpenAI's nonprofit resources to advance his personal goals, particularly motivated by his grudge against Elon following their falling out. <laughs> the operation team's tacit acceptance of the special rules that applied to Greg Brockman navigating intricate requirements to avoid being blacklisted. I imagine that refers to by Greg. Um, Brad Lightcap, who is, I think he was the COO, his unfulfilled promise to make the public make public the documents detailing OpenAI's capped for-profit structure. And of course, Sam's incongruent promises to research projects for compute quotas. Don't know what that means, too stupid. Um, but basically <laughs> this is a very damning list of things that no one is talking. Like I didn't see this before I published my thing because I would have, I want to, and probably will pass Thanksgiving, send this to every journalist I know and go, what do you think? Because <laughs> the most bizarre thing about this all has been the fact that there is a degree of deference from the entire Valley around this. I am not yeah. a conspiracy theorist. I, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I mean, that that's the weird thing is there is this like like everyone's like walking on eggshells around him because like throughout this whole thing, I would I would see some of your posts just being like, why, like, why is no one talking about why he got fired? And like I had to assume like I feel like the only assumption is to assume he did some like really bad shit. Yeah. And the thing is, we still don't know. We still don't know. And I don't think it was this letter. I don't think this letter was the reason. It should have been. This letter should have been talked about everywhere. And it isn't. I actually had to really dig to find this. And it's so strange. And the way I put it in my newsletter is I believe that this is the reckoning between the kind of for-profit and progressive. Progressive, there we go. Progressive arms of the valley. There are those who believe they're called effective accelerationists. They're freaks. They just want growth at all costs, the rot economy. All they care about is more, more money, more revenue, more headcount, more stuff, without the concern of whether you'll have to constantly fire people because you've overhired, whether your company may never make a profit. So all of these people, by the way, who fucking hate welfare, all desperately believe in this idea of basically having companies that are constantly dependent on like the facility, the credit facilities available to them. And on top of that, what's also really funny is there's this guy called Nikita Beer, who I don't believe has ever done a real job. He, he sold like three different <laughs> non-startups for lots of money. It's honestly fantastic scam. I wish I could get into it. But he posted the thing being like, the government should put Sam Altman back as CEO. So fucking funny. <laughs> the government, the government, the government. Gonna, like Joe, Joe Biden is going to swoop sleep, in. Sleepy yeah. Joe will put Sam. I'm going to get Sam open by in the opening air. The smart computer. Listen, but, Jack. <laughs> Sam Altman doing listen, incredible Jack. things. Well, Jack Altman's a guy. That's another guy. Uh, it's related to Sam Altman. But but the the long and short of it is, first of all, this really isn't the biggest thing that happened in the Valley even this year. The Silicon Valley bank crash was significantly bigger, and people are fucking wrong. But on top of it, there is this sense of walking on eggshells because there, there was a naked, not with the mainstream media, they were actually pretty, like Forbes, Times, Washpo, they all did a very fucking good job. There were some people in other media, though, who were smooching the gooch of open AI, who were just like, oh, I hope Sam gets back in. Mark Benioff, of course, not in the media. He said, uh, the good guys won, which makes me wonder who the bad guys are. What I think it most likely is, is a combination of there was something off with the management side, and I think it just came to a head, and the inexperienced board, who had no equity and thus didn't really care if the company, well, I mean, they cared if the company went down, but they'd rather see the company die than they would see it become something like what it will now. And they made a choice that they really shouldn't have. What they should have done was an extremely legal approach here and just fucking ousted him with the full support of a legal team. Because I refuse to believe they did this for no reason. And what's happening as a result is people are saying, well, this is effective altruism. Effective <laughs> altruism, you may remember from Sam Bankman-Free, the other yeah. Sam man from the year. He, he was an effective altruist, and effective altruism was this idea that only the rich people know how to spend the money to make society better. It's very fucking funny. Yeah, f famously, altruism always is like totally legal, totally like so above good. boards. Yeah, but, it always turns out well. But everyone's trying to cram this effective altruism story in there because Helen Toner was... was 
Helen McCauley. There's so many names in this, and I forget them almost in real time. But there was someone on the board who was Really, they're not that important. Most of these people really are not that important, But apparently (laughs) one person on the board was an effective altruist, and now everyone, including the Wall Street Journal's Doug McMillan. Doug, get your head out of your ass. Love you, man, but fucking hell. It's not about (laughs) EA. It was nothing about the OpenAI's original charter mentioned it. Because remember, Elon fucking Musk filed for this company. He was a core part of this company. He claimed he put a billion in. He put in like 10 million. It's really funny. But <laughs> He's awesome. Like classic Elon move. But yeah, that is. it's <laughs> nothing to do with effective altruism. Something happened here where Sam Altman wanted to use OpenAI in some way to further his own personal successes. OpenAI flipped out. The board flipped out. And I think they vastly underestimated how powerful Sam Altman was and how much money the Valley has put into AI. And I think that that is the real story. This yeah, is I mean, the Valley trying to, me, to protect the only venture capital that's working at the moment. Let's contextualize this for a second. Sorry, too, I, don't think I went off really, No, no, that's good. I just think that when we're talking about like the investments here, and you were talking about this earlier, I didn't want to cut you off. Microsoft is spending five zero fifty billion with a B a year on data centers right now. $50 billion on data centers. So that's like the, and this is just Microsoft. So no wonder obviously that they're losing their fucking shit when they're in the dark on this, but that's kind of like the the stakes at play here. And I'm just kind of curious uh, as a kind of like a a follow-up to that, like how the fuck could OpenAI ever be profitable enough to cover that kind of windfall? I mean, like, that's just insane. Never, yes. Never. (laughs) That's the the thing no one's talking about. Never. There is no fucking way. How? How in the fucking world is this going to be profitable within 30 years? Okay, so that was gonna be this my is- that was gonna be my question as well is <laughs> <laughs> what use does AI have? Like it is making money for VCs right now, but why there are ways- is it making money? <laughs> it- there are profitable AI companies, and what they do is they take what OpenAI has done and they say, okay, what if this made money? And what if this provided some <laughs> kind of use? And so the argument I'm seeing is that OpenAI and Anthropic and companies like them, they're providing basically the API to automate stuff and to put AI into stuff, which makes sense, sense ostensibly. However, How in the world is this actually going to get cheaper? How is this going to be affordable? Sam Altman was also trying to use the name of OpenAI to raise money for a chipset competitor to NVIDIA to make AI cheaper. Now, that could work, but this is a 20-year horizon. And OpenAI currently, it generates a billion dollars of revenue a year, I think. But to be clear, I didn't say profit. Yeah. Rev and right. no one, not one goddamn person, <laughs> it seems, is like, I'm just going to type OpenAI profit and let's see, any minute. And everyone's talking about the fucking board. <laughs> well, to me, the, the, the funny thing about AI is AI um, as like a like a utility and like a, a media narrative really seemed to kick in right after the failure of like metaverse type stuff. Like the metaverse was like the the last like, oh, this is going to be huge. People are going to like go crazy. Like this is going to be what the world uses. And like now the metaverse is dead. Like uh, Mark Zuckerberg fumbled that. No one has faith in in metaverse. And it, I mean, it lost no so had, much no money, billions and billings. Yeah, well, some people did, and clearly people they all lost. People that stood to make money from it. 
<laughs> right. But now it's like the AI. Yeah. So it, it seems like the, the AI thing, um, open AI or chat GPT, whatever you want to call that, like as a concept is going to be like this bubble too, where it bursts and everyone just well, loses money eventually. Hear, hear me out on this one. There are actual use cases for AI. Right. Yeah, it's actually, actually it actually does something. The metaverse never did. The metaverse was always pie in the sky. If the metaverse did what the metaverse did in the YouTube that Mark Zuckerberg posted, then perhaps and everyone who, by the way, backed that fucking thing was a complete idiot. <laughs> Every member of the media. I'm not calling you idiots because we work together, but even <laughs> you guys, anyone who like bought that hook, line, and sinker, you. Go take a fucking walk around the block. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> take a lap. Because they don't even see- talk about it anymore. No, they don't. They act like it never happened. And Zuckerberg yeah. was fine. He should have been fired for it. It was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. AI, <laughs> on the other hand, has a different problem. There are uses for AI. Translation being one of them. And I realized that this threatens translators and it's fucking scary for them. But things like translation for generating very boring shit it's useful but the thing is that is not a multi-billion dollar industry yet like i don't know where this could get and it's kind of i think that this whole situation might have kind of without them realizing put a big spotlight on that because everyone keeps saying open ai is the most important company in the world and most important tech company i even may have said something very similar but when you really think about it what what have we got we've got chat gpt we got companies that have implemented ChatGPT into their products. And the way that those implementations generally manifest is very simple. It's like, you can ask the data of your company a question and get an answer. This can be quite useful. This can be useful if you're like hundreds of thousands of documents and you can say, what are all the contracts that signed in like 2018? Like, I'm choosing a random thing. That's useful. But where does this become a multi-billion or trillion dollar industry? Where is the step when that becomes... Because they've been threatening this idea of automation and replacing everyone and replacing line workers because they're going to come for the lowest, the entry-level jobs immediately because... Mm-hmm. And eventually they they're going to have yeah. to realize that when you automate all of those, what do the people on the top even do? Because someone's got to order those people around. And <laughs> you're in this situation where... No one can actually answer the question. It's allowing more startups to pop up that can do some cool things. But API access from OpenAI is not going to be the way that they make money. It's not. OpenAI right now and every single major large language model company has one big problem and it is what what you were talking about with data centers. They still are reliant on these massive data centers. These massive massive companies like Microsoft and Google and Amazon so that they can run these things. And these data centers are so fucking costly to run because despite AI currently being quite unremarkable, it's still really expensive to run. You like boil the ocean to answer how many frogs were in the princess and the frog. And it answers by saying there were no frogs in it. And you're like, okay. Well, yeah. So if you, know that, use, know that if you use chat GPT, look at your history and the dumb shit that you ask it. And then just imagine, um, and this is no exaggeration. These are like 
football stadium sized data centers that are being built across like the Western United States to uh, provide this infrastructure for you to add. Uh, looking at mine was like, how would you change the the rule sets for 5e to make it better for sorcerers? And it's like, I'll give you five reasons. And meanwhile, we're just like clearing out fucking forests and creating a, a, a an NFL stadium full of uh, data centers <laughs> or whatever, like for, for this useless thing, essentially. There's a significant amount of carbon in the atmosphere from me trying to get uh, images of George Lucas walking through the woods like Bigfoot on uh, a <laughs> <laughs> generator. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, the type yeah. of stuff, that's the type of stuff that's th- th- that makes AI kind of fun seeing all the like 9-11, like minions driving the plane yeah. Uh, yeah, to the, the like Twin Towers. silly things like that. Yeah. That's Being not AI that. wouldn't let me get Sam Altman in Joker makeup, so what's the fucking <laughs> use of it? <laughs> censoring the truth. I also yeah, think- uh, I found a way around this, by the way. A, a fun thing, if you want to get a picture of somebody, I got Jordan Peterson. It wouldn't let me do, I can't remember what it was. It, was, it won't let me do Jordan Peterson, but I was like, what about uh, a famous controversial Canadian psychologist? And then it just did it. So Man who sounds like <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and the artificial intelligence allows you to have infinite rats. Um, but... <laughs> So the other thing about this, that this is my own just tangential theory is I think the people amazed by it are just the multiple hundreds of thousands of people in the Valley who just lack any creative power of any kind. So they're like, wow, come up with 10 ideas for names for cats, which by the way, is one of the initial prompts you get on OpenAI. It's like tangy and orangey. And you're like, whoa, fuck. That's fucking crazy, dude. What the Uh, fuck? One of the prompts here is, I want to cheer up my friend who's having a rough day. Can you suggest a couple short and sweet text messages to go with a kitten gif? First and foremost, if you're using this prompt, (laughs) you would fail the Voight Kampf test. Your friend's going to kill themselves if you do that. If they're having a bad day and you send them like a chat GPT if I, cheer up, hey, hey there, star emoji, just sending you a, a little furball of joy your way to brighten your I'm day. The gun in no matter how tough things get, you got this cat emoji, heart emoji. <laughs> at least they would be like at least they're using chat gpt and not uh twitter's grok that oh, that would be yeah. like instant death like you oh would just God, be like I've okay ne- i've never I'm been cutting closer. them off <laughs> if that was instantly available which isn't when you buy twitter blue it isn't yeah. you have to join join a wait list oh i'd, I'd be paying 16 bucks immediately i want to use the the anti-woke ai yeah i can't I want wait. the anti-woke ai book because it'd be you like you guys can cancel me, but I'm absolutely going to try Grok when it, when I'm able to get my grubby mitts on. Oh, it's absolutely! So horrible. I would the, be the, like the, the writing is atrocious from what Elon has shown uh, of it so far. It's like it's like if a Marvel movie gained sentience. It's it, so bad. They fed every Maddox post into an AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like hey, fuck we. Oh, yeah. it's like so having a shitty fucking Reddit. day. It, it's really funny so though bad. because. You'll see these people post things about how this is going to replace artists and it's going to replace writers. And the sad thing is it's absolutely going to replace some writers because there is this whole journalism has been part of journalism reporting tech sites have really been scarred by the private equitors who own them or the large corporations that own them and desperately want to produce revenue after revenue. They might, who cares why, who cares if the journalism's good? So Almost every major tech site now has some kind of affiliate marketing thing, a holiday gift guide, and so on and so forth. 
And there are many of them that are only, not many of them, there are a few of them that are just that, effectively. So it'll be like eight amazing soundbars that you need to use today. And each one will have an Amazon referral link. So those posts, by the way, are completely automatable and it sucks. It sucks so bad, but that is a result of basically capitalism crushing content into the cheapest possible form and then finding a way to create it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. They'd already been outsourcing some of this work and now they're going to do it here. Now, of course, most journalist outlets that have tried AI stuff have fucked up royally. There was the Gizmodo one where it was like all the Star Wars movies in order and it just got it wrong. <laughs> Most valuable. Yeah, I mean, how, many, how, many, CEO, like, how many of these different like journalists, like not even journalism, but like these websites, these, these like outlets have we seen in the last like year, like specifically year, but the last like two years just go under and sh- pivot to like the AI. Like BuzzFeed did that, I think, right? They well, pivoted BuzzFeed to like, just died. more. Well, they died, but I think at first they were like, we're going to live on and do like AI-generated content, well, sort of. it's actually sadder than that. What happened was BuzzFeed said they were going to do that, and BuzzFeed still has stuff like, a Taylor Swift fan who attended the same show where a Swiftie died has shared a terrifying first-hand account of it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's yeah, like traditional pop culture shit. And yeah. this is by a real human. But apparently they have AI-powered quizzes now, which is just really... Man, BuzzFeed is, was never particularly fun, but it's particularly depressing now. But they used to have yeah. BuzzFeed News, which was actually one of the best journalism outlets. And they yeah, killed they, they dropped like a really good story, like every year or two. Like a really like everyone talked about like whatever they reported on. Like it was always like, well, they always Alex Kantrowitz, who's one of the better tech reporters out there. Same with Katie Natopoulos came from there. And oh yeah, yeah. So they got rid of that because don't don't need that. Don't want that in our. Don't need uh, people doing good journalism on our journalism website. We need we need quizzes, but <laughs> we need to know what Scott Pilgrim character you are. Yeah, should you be into this? Probably not. They're all sixteen. Uh, but <laughs> nevertheless, it's it, AI is now participating in the race to the bottom, and that's where their excitement is. But also the fact that a lot of the people advocating for this, funding this, loving this, just lack any real creativity, their natural thought is, yeah, it can just replace all creative things because I am incapable as a human being of generating a text to cheer a friend up. This makes sense yeah, no, to me. It, this will be huge. My, my, my favorite example of this is is the, the Ben Shapiro. Uh, when the writing strike happened, he was like, we don't need them. I'm going to write, I'm going to use AI to write like a comedy scene for SNL. And it was like somehow worse than SNL, like what, what he produced with I, AI. How it's the like, fuck it's did I miss all, this? Oh, this was, oh, this was, was like so months ago. It was so horrible. Good. Yeah. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it was like, it's as bad as you think Ben Shapiro writing an AI prompt comedy bit would be like the funniest it's shit Ben bad. Shapiro's they done tried to is change the, the AI generated oh yeah was that what he did he did it, someone did that too like there was a lot of like insane like AI oh AI will replace writers shit right at the beginning of the writer strike and it was yeah. all horrible of course yeah I the only funny AI comedy I've seen is Tallbart with Tallbart series yeah. of different <laughs> comedy things with Jordan Peterson <laughs> yeah, Ben Shapiro <laughs> Joe I did Rogan. like yeah, Talbert's awesome. I did like Chinese Cometown too, where they generated the Cometown guys' voices and spoke Chinese. I thought that was good as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did that with uh, Chapo as well, which is yeah, pretty funny. That's great. But, yeah, good but stuff. 
I think a lot of it comes down to the valley is scared because if AI falls apart, there's really nothing popping right now. And also, I think they've all realized that, well, um, it's not doing anything yet. It's not changed society, really, yet. They want to say every football game, there's an IBM commercial that's like a, kind of a pan and scan inside a computer looking at microchips with electricity on them. It's saying, AI is changing our world. It's accelerating democracy and computing. And it's you listen to the <laughs> words, and you're like, this doesn't mean anything. And it's selling you IBM AI solutions. First of all, I want to meet the person who purchases off that. Like the Fortune 500 CEO is like, holy fuck. Get me Mr. IBM on the phone. But well, it's I feel like it's it's gonna be just the same cycle that we've been seeing with other tech stuff, like with with like I mentioned before, metaverse. Like, oh, that's oh, metaverse is gonna be the big thing, it crashes. Crypto is gonna be the big thing, crashes. NFT is gonna be a big thing, crashes. It's just inevitable, I feel like, for so many tech ventures at this point. What's funny about this is like the best case scenario that like the, the thing that they're trying to sell you on, like the best case scenario for open AI is that it just like devastates the US economy by replacing 40% of the jobs? Like that's their pitch. <laughs> yes, famously people love, especially when politicians are like, we're going to fire you. That's that's what people love to yeah. hear uh, <laughs> f- from people who are more powerful than them. But also the big difference, because I know what you're saying and I must, I must push back a little because metaverse, crypto, NFTs, crypto and NFTs are in one bucket. They're the same thing. Metaverse right. was just a complete fucking lie. It is probably <laughs> one of the biggest scams. Like, I'm naked. I I don't see how there wasn't an SEC investigation into Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> over it. It was he paid someone off. I'm sure. He, I, they just the government does not want to go after them, which is so boring. Just fucking roll deep, <laughs> go for them. Who? Why are you fucking here? Yeah, otherwise, go for the neck. <laughs> but the reason crypto and NFTs were a big deal is. And this is getting a little bit in the weeds. Generally, with the startup investment, you invest at the seed or Series A or Series B, C, D, etc., looking for something called a liquidity event. Liquidity event, it's not busting. It's when you sell the company to another company or you take it public. Now, the problem is that the public markets have started to realize that tech companies are usually built in such a way that they do not produce profit. They just produce revenue. Roblox being a great example. Roblox, the game, <laughs> the only real metaverse game, and it's just Minecraft, but bigger or maybe Lego. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Nevertheless, these right. companies, and this is a problem across the board with tech companies, most tech IPOs stink. There was a five-year period of tech IPOs. All of them were bad. And that's because they're not good companies and they relied on venture to keep them alive. Uber somehow is still alive, but Uber does not make money. It loses it. So crypto was really exciting because it allowed venture capitalists to invest in a company without the company doing anything and added a liquidity event that allowed them to exit without actually selling anything. You had a token or an NFT or a thing, and they could go on fucking Twitter like Alexis Ohanian talking about the future of ownership of content and then flog the shit on OpenSea or what have you. And also, to be clear, crypto completely market manipulated, not by any of the venture community. I think it's all in Asia. It's crazy. Just like, that's what they did. Like, Andreessen Horowitz definitely made billions of dollars just putting shit on Coinbase, knowing when the launch would happen, dumping then, and then retail investors would suffer. 
I mean, that's kind of the, what happens with a lot of those shit coins is it's just like a rug pull. But that's what like, it not, was. Not that the bigger ones. That right, was their exactly. excitement yeah. because this allowed them to, They it used to take them five to 10 years to flog a startup investment. They could flog it before the company existed. They had the token. But when that fell apart, because it always would, they then turned to AI and they thought, maybe this will be the thing that gets people excited about tech. And it does something. You can point to it doing something. The problem is, well, I think all of you can kind of stand to this. What the fuck does AI actually do? Because <laughs> it's already I meant mean, to be I'll be honest, I don't know. Here. Well, it's already meant to be here. You, you've seen it in first-person shooter games. Sometimes mm -hmm. they duck. Sometimes they don't duck. Sometimes <laughs> they run away. Like, that's AI. <laughs> Uh, generative right, right. AI, we already have procedural generation. Even if it's different, the average person cannot point at this and go, this is why it's different. I can barely do it. I, I've actually, never used it. I don't really know how it's different from just like Googling stuff. And I'll what be they thought was that they were going to give everyone this magical chat bot that would give them answers and that people would use it and come up with a reason why they wanted to pay for it. People didn't. No one has. The AI image generator, they thought people are going to fucking love this. And people have. People have loved it. Kind of. Except also, how do you make money out of that? Because no one's going to pay for, like, the Joker riding a, <laughs> a Ford Bronco running from the police. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a novelty. People have fun with it for, like, a couple of days. It's but a novelty, like, software. it's so, it's like, so software. expensive to run. And now... You're introducing it to people, and most people, the only thing that people are hearing about AI is it's a kind of interesting search engine that sometimes gets things wrong, it, or it's a thing that uh, is going to take their job, but also it will make <laughs> another guy rich. It's kind of like, why would anyone be excited for this? Everyone's scared of it. No one's scared of Skynet. No one's sitting there, but except for people like insane Twitter guys who are like, I, I'm scared that the, I'm scared the AI is going to kill me. I'm going to come fuck, the, fuck my well, dog. There was that article that you guys saw that article that was like, oh, like there was, I don't know if it was like a theory about Sam getting fired, but it, it came out like during the whole like last week where it was like, oh, they discovered like a, a like a self like an iRobot sort of situation. Like the AI yes, is going to become this was, sentient. Yeah. This is the Q-Star thing I was talking about earlier. This is It can now do <laughs> right. great school math. And to be oh, clear- Oh, that was the same thing. Okay, okay. But to be clear, that thing, that report is also questionable. But on top of that, that <laughs> is actually kind of a breakthrough in that it can now do great school math in the generative AI when it couldn't do math at all before. And that can theoretically get it to AGI. But they're scared of that. But that's- that that's so funny to me because you can go on Wolfram. You you could go on Wolfram Alpha like a decade ago. Just and get just a fucking calculator out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that I, I any just, of these VCs should have done with um, ChatGPT what I did, which was um, introduce it to a classroom full of high schoolers and see how fucking bored they get with it about thirty minutes into its usage. Um, <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> I never was, I it. thought I was really doing something when I was like showing them how to use ChatGPT. Oh, you, th you thought. Yeah, and they well, were that all like, "Surprise me!" They were immediately like, "Ask it if God exists," and I'm like, "It doesn't. It's it doesn't work like that." And they were like, "Well, that's <laughs> stupid. Then what good is it?" I'm like, "Well, you can write essays for you." And they're like, "I'm not going to write the essays anyway, so it doesn't matter." <laughs> but also, it writes really badly, and then people, you'll tell people, "Oh yeah, it writes like shit," and they're like, "Well, it could be really good." Yes. And it's like <laughs> yes. Okay. 
Thanks for letting me know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but when it's good, it's going to be so... You better watch out for when it becomes good. It's like, okay. So yeah, when's what, that going to be? But also, what is the end point there? That people just go on Google and every article is AI generated? That people go it Sounds on, atrocious. But also just, is that what the end point... Assuming I humor their weird stance that I say, this is what is going to happen. What is the actual internet that is at the end? It's just reading different AIs yelling at each other. That's already what <laughs> X the Everything app is. Yeah. And, yeah, we already and, have ads, and ads for products that are either fake or don't work, which is also what X the Everything app is. I mean, I'm just thinking about like Amazon run by AI, like an Amazon homepage run by AI that is just showing you just products that straight up do not exist prices that are incorrect um just like <laughs> things that so it, it, it's a fucking nightmare like there's no way that this could practically i mean as it stands right now because it costs 50 fucking billion dollars a year for amazon to run it by the, or uh, microsoft to run it by themselves it's like <clears throat> how how is any other big company how is like how is facebook how is google how are any other companies going to fundamentally change the function of the internet with this tool that is meant to replace humans and so therefore why would humans ever use it it's like a very like nobody is thinking about this for longer than 10 minutes and they are spending Whoa. billions of dollars on it <laughs> what they what they're thinking is that it can automate actions and it can automate things that humans do but i think the problem is that a lot of the people building these ai systems have not talked to any humans in a while and <laughs> yes, that's so they true don't too. really model these things to solve human problems. These aren't these aren't systems that are now sitting there calculating a more efficient power grid or better ways to like proving anything like UBI. Like none of these systems are doing pro-human things. They're not being built to make things easier or better. They're just built to build more. More shit. More things. More stuff. More profit. Yeah. More profit. Hopefully more profit well, for them, yeah. let's be honest. No. <laughs> no <profit. laughs> well, that's what they're hoping. That's what they're hoping for. Because they're excited about this thing because it creates more stuff. And it will allow them to do more things. But when you really dig into it, like fucking what? Like what? What is it I am meant to be excited for? What right. is it that I am meant to see here? That is meant to make my willy silly. What am I meant to be excited about? Because I right now am distinctly unexcited by this whole fucking charade. It's sickening. Makes me almost as angry as my fantasy football team. In that it's meant to do the Back job. So well. And no, it's meant to. I automated that, by the way. Look how well yeah, that went. Great job. Oh, shit. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Sam Altman. Well, thanks. actually, no, it's all the injuries, which is another discussion. But your first you round pick was Cooper the Cup. Coop and cup. Um, but <laughs> to, to round up all of this is, at this point, AI could do things. It could theoretically automate things, stuff that sucks. But the problem is the people building it don't seem to be connecting the dots between what it can do and what it would be useful. Yeah. They're just like, well, you've got this chat app. And then they argue, well, a year ago, we didn't even have chat GPT. It's like, okay. <laughs> so in a year we'll be able to do slightly more <laughs> maybe because i mean i guess that is true like it has kind of come out of nowhere pretty quickly like that that is true it's like, true it's only been a year but also 
every time I've gone to chat GPT for a work thing, for example, and I've been like, give me a list of these things, it will give me something 20% useful. I'm doing more work <laughs> to fix it. That you'd think, and it's like chat GPT can connect to the internet and it's fucking useless. It really is. <laughs> and they're like, well, it will get smarter. When? When? When will it get smarter? What will it do when it's smarter? And it's insane because I just, what happens when it isn't doing much more in a year? That's the question. Because we've had the hype cycle now. We've had this big, dramatic, stupid fucking snore fest. But what is it they want to do? Is the reason he got fired Q-Star that it can do grade school math and that will mean it can <laughs> compute better? Because the, the real thing they're saying there is that it can now learn rules and rules will allow it to do more things, which is... I can actually understand why that would be exciting because now it can learn the rules of stuff and do things as a result. But at the same time, I'm having to like describe a logic exercise for why this thing matters. And that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a huge investment, like time investment to think about. Why do stuff. I have like to do it's, that? It's I'm paying confusing. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my job to be smart. You're meant to be the artificial intelligence. <laughs> stupid yeah it's yeah ai is fucking yeah i guess i guess we'll see how it goes it's i don't think it's going away anytime soon if it does go away i don't think it will go away oh it's going to grow become a different thing now it's going to grow yeah it's going to grow even further there's going to be so much more money put in it because the big win here is they prove that non-profits can't do shit now capitalism will chew this up Yep, and nothing will be built. Nothing useful. They're going to the first thing they want to do is automate Wendy's. Once they automate Wendy's, they will. Three D printed burgers. But also, they don't have any of the other tech they need to do that. So you still got. It's like, hello, I'm Chat GPT. What do you want from Wendy's? Okay, I'll go tell a human to make it. <laughs> yeah, they're just standing there. Yeah, they're just um, standing there waiting. Okay, Ed. Congratulations. You are now the CEO of OpenAI. What do you do to steer the ship here? Kill myself. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the real solution, actually, with OpenAI, if you really wanted to do something cool, would be actually build, bring in labor leaders. Bring in, I forget what his name is, the head of the UAW. Bring oh, them in. And as a nonprofit, you could do the coolest thing in the world. You could literally be like, what does labor fear and build protections for that into open AI? You have then immediately won the entire public. Now, all of these freaks in the venture capital community will try and kill you, but <laughs> you basically build this thing and you, and then with those same people, you say, okay, what are the practical jobs that most people do that this could help with? And you start building in that direction. Fuck chat GPT. I'm sorry. I don't give a rat's ass. I think it is a, if you really want to change society, you need to find a way to make society better. Actually better. You need to actually work with, work with people outside of Silicon Valley. That'd be the best fucking thing you could do immediately. See, that's going to be impossible because a lot of these Silicon Valley people think they are saving the world by like ruminating about like how, how, like how, that this AI is going to be able to do math. Like they think that will change and the world. I get like, the maybe, math maybe thing could. I will defend just because it's very poorly messaged, but it is significant. But at the same time, you're right. Who gives a fuck? 
How about this? How about you find a way to use all of this AI to control distinct systems on computers to make them better? You've kind of already got it with Spotlight and Siri. And I wrote a thing for Scientific American about how AI is being used to paper over how badly user interfaces have been designed for years. And I'm right, as usual. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is with that is, I don't even have the answer because shit, I've never thought about it like that. I've just been thinking about how bad it's been done. But the reality is talk to some regular people, go and fucking talk to grocery store workers, go and talk to people working in food services in auto work, go talk to healthcare professionals, nurses, not just doctors, nurses, real working people. Talk to people who don't use the computer all day and ask them what sucks and build to fix that. Because that would actually, if you could, don't think about automating their jobs. It's time to just, the whole automation of jobs away thing is, first of all, not great for society at all and likely what the nonprofit board feared, but also it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for decades. Like they really, they really think they've got this one. They really don't yet. They They want it so badly, but if you actually thought about how this could change, meaningfully change most people's lives and talk to them, not just like assume, just walk around and don't go to the fucking bay. <laughs> go to Minnesota or something. Yeah, I'm going to do the Harry, uh, Harry Reid speech. But it's, it's just frustrating because I don't think many of these technologists have it's not even practical experience. It's just discussions with people who don't do this shit all day. And it gives them mm -hmm. a very specific kind of myopia that will mean that they never solve any real problems. And that's the big thing to remember with companies like OpenAI and Anthropic. They're not solving actual problems. They're solving problems so that they can hand an API to someone to actually solve one. They want to build the tech, which is fine, whatever. But this whole saving the world thing does not ring true based on anything I've seen. It just, it feels hollow. The nonprofit thing felt hollow before, and it certainly does now. But it starts with talking to people who don't use the computer all day. Because if they'd have done that, whack, to your point, they did they go to a group of fucking students, be like, what do you think of this? <laughs> no, they yeah. didn't. But they no. didn't. Yeah. They were um, just like, this is so cool. I do like, I do like <laughs> that you immediately... Uh, we're like, uh, I would be Chairman Mao if I was CEO of OpenAI. <laughs> I would create a workers' coalition to overthrow would. the U.S. government. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just no, that, that would that would work better. Well, I think if, than what they're doing now. If they're trying to build an autonomous, sorry, an average generalized intelligence, general intelligence that benefits humanity, how about talking some fucking humans? Yeah. How about leaving think, the bubble and talking to them? How about talking? I think, yeah, that's important for any sort of like good change. Like, I mean, yeah, to the point of like these these companies, but also like labor movements, protests. Like, it's always really important to like get outside sometimes when and like talk to people when you're trying to like win people over just for anything, just in general. But also, you will get asked a question by someone who doesn't look at all this this all day. And they will say, and I get this with the newsletter, I get people like fucking line cooks and auto workers and shit. Like people who do real jobs, unlike mine, where I just hit the keys until money comes out. And <laughs> you talk, they will say stuff that's just very straightforward and very fucking simple. Like I'm scared about this because I know that the people running the place I work would love to replace me with someone 50% worse, but free. That is their concern. 
They're, like The average person is not concerned about whether they're able to get a text message to send to their friend who's sad that it involves a cat <laughs> gif. They're scared that their job is going to be taken by someone who does not want to work. They are scared of that. They're scared of their boss who fucking hates them and does not respect labor yeah. automating their job, doing a shitty job for customers in the process, just to be clear, and then immediately like firing them being like, yeah, well, the computer sucks, but it's free or like 15 bucks a month. So fuck the customer. Well, they, what and, are they going to yeah. do? Go to the other Wendy's? That is, but that is part of it as well that I think like just not speaking to Silicon Valley people would be very helpful to a lot of these uh, CEOs because a lot of normal people with normal jobs, people who work at Wendy's, they like what they do. There are people who enjoy and take pride in what they do, who work in fast food, who work in these jobs that like the the Valley seems sees like obviously sees as like useless uh, uh, slack jawed morons. But these are like human beings who are like, I want to make the best Wendy's Baconator I can. And it's fucked up that somebody wants to put a oh, robot oh. in here. Or replace it with the very simple. They want to do. Uh, they want to do a good job making the burger and then go home and do something else. They don't think about right. work all the time. Right. Work yeah. is not their life. Right. And the value people, that is their life. It's only work and creating more work. Yeah. And you know. What? And and that kind of that kind of rings a bell because I th- I think I replied I I brought this up before we started recording about how these tech people will like talk about using social media where you quote tweeted something about this guy. Um, um, finding like podcasts. being like oh this is yeah like this is how you use x to to find podcasts and it's like it's just like a different world these people yeah. the way that they interact with everything in this in the in the, the existence that they live in it's just it's so alien it's to how sad. normal people will yeah it's it's just not normal and hell i don't know get on and get in an uber and go to richmond richmond of significantly poorer economy than San Francisco, but they wouldn't go there due to uh, reasons that I'm sure that they, n- they would never say out loud. Do but black people live there? Is they, the- yes, that's, that's okay. their big okay. <laughs> uh, like, I just want to make sure. That's the thing. It's, it feels as if it's actually way simpler. These guys have so much money. They have so much technology and they have, they live in California, a diverse place. You can go, to central California and you can meet predominantly blue collar communities. Yes. The problem is those communities aren't going to make them a fucking 10 X multiplier when they flog this bullshit. They're not going to help them raise money, even though there could be meaningful changes there, even though there could be automations that make those people's lives easier. They could build software. I don't know. I, I'm not the person solving these problems. It's not my goddamn job. I'm the hype man, but <laughs> it's it's just frustrating because you get these people also when it comes to like reading the news and uh, reading content, consuming things. They also, they believe more is better. They just believe I've read 1,000 books. It's like, okay, I've read, <laughs> I've read 10 million posts. I'm basically now. quoting a drill tweet, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> but they they believe in this idea of oh you need to read something challenging i need to someone on blue sky said this to me the other day oh you, i need to read things that challenge my perspective what the no. fuck does that no. even mean 
<laughs> you don't have to do but that. Also, don't read that anything that challenges you. Mean? Only read things that that uh, confirms everything you already believe. But also, That's what I've been doing. I think so. That, and it's great. But also, yeah. challenging your beliefs isn't just arbitrarily reading shit you hate. It's investigating the things and understand having critical reasoning of what will be a real source versus just some like medical guru. Yeah. And <laughs> the problem is that these guys all share the same thing where it's like, oh, counter perspectives. I must read everything. And then when they do that, they inevitably get into some eugenics. Like if you really want to read, like you ever read where they recommend stuff, it's just really funny. It's really it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a pipeline. It's like one that's step a, from eugenics. Pipeline. There was a Washington Post guy who cited a book over Return to Office, and the book was like written by a guy who was a member of the Eugenics Society. Oh my lord! That's, but that's See, kind these of it. Are all freaks. But what it is is they believe that diversity of perspective means reading more articles and books. They don't think buy, it means uh, talking to regular people. Like, and I mean regular people as in people who don't work on the computer all day. People who can't remote work. That's a great fucking start. People <laughs> whose right. jobs cannot only be done on the computer. Government workers, honestly, even the ones that can do it. Like, people that work with the rest of society. And that is more useful to them than reading the Archimedes theory, the brain masters, <laughs> the, ne the next book from Jordan Peterson. And it's also, <laughs> by the way, whenever they say these diverse perspectives, it's always like the six same authors. One yeah. of them's always Nietzsche. It's just, and this is the thing. It's, you can have that kind of narrow perspective if you're only selling to those people. If you're only selling to people on the computer, then fine. But that's not what they're doing here. And I think they're it's going- It's not sustainable. Yes. It's not. It costs a hell of a lot of money, and there is no profit to be found here. Not for OpenAI. There is only more burn, which made sense when they were a non-profit. But when you were controlled by the for-profit side in this naked way, I don't know. I don't think it's good. And I think that, I think that if our government had any teeth, they'd do a big fucking investigation into what's going on there. But... Well, that would that would require uh, a democratic party that would actually uh, do something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds like we should put like we should they should hire uh, or fire Sam Altman again and just put you in charge. Put me it sounds in like charge. You have the solution. That'd be great. Yeah, I would be the yeah. most annoying CEO as well. <laughs> I, I would make find, you the best one. I would cut people's access. I'd go and find the tech people. I'd cut their <laughs> access at random. I'd, I'd get an automation going. So like between 11 and 2.15 and 32 seconds, every day it stops working. And then I'd randomize it. And they'd be like, and then I'd have it occasionally spit out a message being like, I know what you're doing. Just <laughs> completely. And then when, when the moment a journalist asked me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm just fucking with them. I did that to fuck with them. It's just a bit. You're it, just it's doing an entire bit, right bit. And they're like, isn't that unethical? Yeah. No, it's hilarious. And the board would try and fire me. But then I then I would have added something to the the laws with the board that they couldn't fire me if they couldn't find me. <laughs> they have to respect the bit. They'd have to find me, and I they would, can't. I would they can't fire me. you if you say no. You <laughs> when they yeah, yeah. <laughs> they must catch awesome. four greased um, pigs, <laughs> thirty to fifty wild or feral yes, hogs. Exactly. Yeah. They're all they're going to be released in the building. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, we should pivot to the second hour because Ed's going to stick with us. Oh, great. Okay, and we're cool. going to record. We're going to talk yeah. about other other topics. We're going to talk about Elon Musk versus oh, yeah. Media Matters, oh, the Sphere, oh. and a couple other things. 
Yeah, so if you wanted to just plug anything for all of our people, uh, go to where's your ed dot at where's your ed dot at. Please subscribe to my newsletter. I make no money off of it, but I like the attention. Uh, follow me on at edzitron or zitron.bsky.social on Blue Sky. I love Blue Sky. I'm a big Blue Sky head now. You can find me on Threads, same name. I'm trying to use it, but it is arguably the worst website I've ever seen. <laughs> it's atrocious. It, it's, it makes me sad, so like, but in a different way to Twitter. And of course, you can go 50 Minutes in Hell, my interview podcast, where's your ed.at slash podcast. Oh, that's re- yeah, really good. Check yeah, that out. There's a lot podcast. of really good interviews. Yeah, I made uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson compare Elon Musk to Hitler by accident. <laughs> Six. Yeah, that clip. That, that clip That's worth really the price of admission. I said <laughs> that was going around a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. All right, thank you, Ed. Please join yeah, us, yeah. listener behind the paywall, as we talk about uh, the new president of Argentina.